You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. episode of what comes next cinema geekly's nxt companion podcast it's anthony and jacqueline and we are back talking nxt on the usa network and the wwe network it's episode 527 of the show not this podcast of course no we're not there yet uh this was the big one first week of the war yeah and uh when we are done recapping this episode uh as somebody who hosts a podcast for the other side of the war as well. Uh, seeing as this one comes second in the release schedule, uh, I will announce mm. the winner of the first battle between uh, these two. Well, I will tell you how the audience voted and then I will tell you how I voted okay. between ha- having seen both shows. Okay. I was going to say, it seems a little subjective if it's just you, but okay. yeah, I am going to also go with the, who the audience decided to watch. So, That's fair. Uh, so yeah, the show opens with like a big, like voiceover. Th- Corey Taylor from Slipknot does like a voiceover intro. Uh, mm-hmm. It almost felt like Jacqueline. This was supposed to be the first live episode, and not the other two that we got uh, yes, prior to this. They, they made this I do like. like I do like the new opening though. Instead of that, like we are natural kind. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so I appreciate. I like that. I hope they stay with this. Uh, maybe I mean maybe they think that that uh, when it's on the network, like they can. They can slap that intro yeah. in there, but now when they're competing, they don't have time to to show an yeah. intro video. They got to get right to the show. Yeah. Um, we open right away with you know not the match that I would have put on first, but Adam Cole defending against Matt Riddle for the NXT Championship. But which clearly meant Cole was not going to lose the title, right? Like... No, and it also meant some other things. But I do, I don't, I don't really have a whole lot. I do have some negatives about this episode, but mostly as it relates to commercials. Uh, mm. I actually don't know. Did you... Um, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll get to it after this match because there were no commercial breaks uh, for the first match. But I do have something to also say after this that is mostly a negative, but just about WWE. Not necessarily Fair. NXT. Um, so the crowd was, I think, literally on fire. I may have yeah. to go back and check to see if people were burning alive in the stands because... There were flames, yes. Holy cow. They were ready for this match. Um, it starts out with uh, Riddle out-wrestling Adam Cole over and over and over again uh, when Adam Cole finally cuts him off. This is where I note how on fire the crowd is in my notes. Uh, I write here, a series of reversals leads to a series of near falls for Riddle. 
it's hard to describe it over and over because they do this a couple times in the match. Um, yeah, the they back, do, yeah. They do an incredible series of moves back and forth to each other with the crowd going crazier and crazier with like each move. Like they just keep hitting each other with things back and forth. Uh, yeah. It ends with Matt Riddle hitting the, the, the last call, I think, the brain buster onto his knee for like a near fall. Crowd's sure. losing their mind. Uh, Matt Riddle goes for the floating bro, but Cole gets his knees up. Hits him with the Panama Sunrise for a near fall. Matt Riddle hits his combo uh, with, like, the power bomb and the knee strike and the floating bro for a big near fall. Uh, a second Panama Sunrise uh, from Adam Cole. And then he hits the last shot, but it's ducked. Uh, he It's the... Right? Yeah, he ducks it, and then Riddle... There's so much happened in this match. Riddle then yeah. puts him in the bro mission, but Cole reverses it. Uh, Riddle gets him in the arm bar, but Cole reverses it. Now, from last week's episode, when Riddle put Adam Cole in the arm bar, they said that he suffered like a like a wrist fracture or something, so his, yeah. his wrist oh, okay. is in a cast. Yes. And Adam Cole gets out of this arm bar, and he hits Riddle with the cast, then hits the last shot and pins Matt Riddle to retain the championship. So before we talk about the post-match, Jacqueline, what did yeah. you think of the opener? I thought it was crazy. Takeover. Knew, Takeover main event worthy. Very much so. Like, And here's the thing. like Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane was not good. No. Um, and now I know it's Killian Dane. Um, <laughs> it just confirms it. Like, let's be honest. Um, but there, I like... I knew how into it the crowd was when there was there was something I have here in my notes and I don't remember what it means. Mm. Um, but it says riddle off the rope second time. It didn't look great, but man, was that crowd into it. There was stuff like there was something that happened. I don't remember. It just didn't look fluid or there, it was just very off compared to the rest of the match. It just didn't and matter like, though. Yeah. It just, no, they they really were just into it and the fluidity of the movements between these guys yeah. was just phenomenal. Like it looked like they were dancing. When they were trading these moves back and forth, one of the one yeah. of the move trades was Adam Cole gives Matt Riddle a head kick, and then mm -hmm. Riddle just shakes it off and gives Adam Cole this German suplex, and yeah. it was so great because Adam Cole, like all of his limbs are flailing as he's yes. being picked up and as he's being thrown, like he's being released, and his arms and his legs are still flailing everywhere. It looked awesome. It was crazy, and also before this match. And I don't know if it's more Matt Riddle. I don't know if it's more of a height thing. I don't know. Mm. I did not realize how scary the Panama Sunrise looked. Oh, yeah. The, the flipping pile driver. Yeah, it looks terrifying. They got like, a great angle of it here. Yeah. Maybe the... I don't know. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if it's the cameraman. I don't know if it's Matt Riddle. But, man, I was like, oh, he just died. Mm -hmm. Like, that's that snaps your neck, right? Like, holy shit. Crazy. But it, but it was a very good match. It was just, mm -hmm. like, literally nonstop. Uh, so what would you give it as I open the grapple? Yeah. So I went big on this one. I went four and a half. Me too. I gave this four and a half. Okay. We're a little bit, we're a little Above. more bullish. Uh, yeah. Grapple gave this yeah. 4.19. That so, means there's people giving it fives. I got, cause I'm sure there's people who gave it lower. I'm going to just scroll through here to see if people gave this in the threes. Cause with a rating, yeah. with a rating in a four, I mean, there's a lot of four and a halves in here and a lot of four and a quarters. There's got to be mm -hmm. some troll in here who gave this like two two stars. 
I'm not seeing it right now, but there's like 200 reviews on here for you, it. So. You got to. I was gonna say you got to scroll down pretty far, probably. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what grap. I don't have grapple. So. Post match, Adam Cole is uh, celebrating Set. his victory when Finn Balor's music hits. What? And this crowd went insane. Yeah. If you thought the crowd was going crazy during the match. They lost their minds here. Finn comes out. Uh, he gets into the ring. He stares at Adam Cole, and he says, as of now, Finn Balor is NXT. So Finn Balor has been moved back to NXT. Jacqueline, you must be so happy. I'm very happy. I have hell yeah in all caps with five exclamation <laughs> points after it. I mean, that was um, pretty great. It was, because here's the thing. They, they weren't doing anything with him like literally nothing mm-hmm. on the main roster so um it makes sense and also when you think of the people who have come back already like they're kind of like more middle to low folks but so this yeah. is like almost like a big thing for him mm-hmm. um I, my thing is though is that is it permanent yeah who knows that's what it sounds like for now he says uh it sounds like a permanent move okay uh so. and god what a gig uh, he gets yeah. to hang out in Florida. He doesn't have to go on the road all the time. Well, eh, we'll talk about Somewhat. it a little bit. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But he's okay. I'm I'm presuming he's making his main roster salary still. That's a mm, dream and, and I'm sure most people would stay in NXT if they got paid main roster salaries, so For sure. I do have a note here and I don't know if you get into this later, but um I did write um they are really going to need a fourth true developmental brand soon. Maybe that is what the Florida circuit will turn turn into, um, yeah. because NXT is clearly no longer a developmental. Brand. No, it's definitely its own standalone main thing. roster. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So the, it with with the move of Finn Balor to NXT. Yes, I'm excited, but also it just kind of like it's that nail in the coffin that like oh this is like not what it was. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Candice and Shayna hype video, and they show them warming up in the back. Uh, Velveteen Dream appears on a new couch, and I note here it appears to be partially made of models. Oh, question about them though. Yeah, they're definitely wrestlers, right? I Th- think some of those some women of were like, be? "Man, I because all I was doing, like, I got their arms were just so impressive." <laughs> I was like, "Damn." I mean, some of them they're... must be, but it's possible they just put out a casting call for models or something. But in Orlando, come on. Nah, I'm sure there's none of those. Um, He calls Roderick Rod repeatedly. uh, And he says he has no problem taking on more than one man. So Dream dropping those uh, double entendres, of course. He's pretty good at it. He is. uh, And he essentially challenges Roderick Strong to rematch. Um, Not a particularly great promo, but it's always... Velveteen Dream has so much charisma that he just carries it anyway. So... Yeah. He didn't really he say could, much of anything, but... No, just the rematch, setting that up. I mean, he could read, like, I don't know, um, Moby Dick, and it, yeah. I would be intrigued by it. I didn't like the book. But. So here's something interesting. Uh-oh. They announced Drew Gulak versus Leo Rush for next week's episode for what yeah. they are calling the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. It is. They said it twice. Uh, the oh, first time, did they say? I thought they said WWE. The okay. Fir- the first time when they showed the graphic, I thought for sure they'd screwed up. But then they again referred to it again later. Now, there's some news as it relates to 205 Live. 
uh, it's usually is filmed after SmackDown. And this last mm-hmm. week's SmackDown on Fox, the debut episode, 30 minutes into SmackDown, somebody, I presume Vince McMahon, made the call that they were not going to do an episode of 205 Live after SmackDown. And they were going to air a replay on the network instead. And then they didn't even air the replay. And now the talk is that they've just quietly canceled the show and 205 Live guys are going to be merged into NXT. I'm okay with this. Well, I think we've both talked about this before. That yeah, it makes sense. These guys might get merged. I, I disagree with... With the methods. They need, And I think they need to change the name of the title or merge it with the North American title or something like dissolve it. Because mm. Cruiserweight is obviously weight class based and pretty much everybody in NXT would qualify for the cruiserweight championship including the world champion and i think that they should just dissolve the title at this point but we shall see what they do Mm. interesting development there that means we get carrillo back Mm -hmm. carrillo and mendoza as a team bring them back um so before i talk about the next match io shirai and mia yim i gotta ask you so the first match had no commercial breaks uh and after that they did picture in picture commercials. So what did you see on the WWE network? Did they just fade out and no... fade back in? Exactly. So you didn't see any picture in picture stuff? No. Okay, so it'll be interesting to see if this affects your opinion at all because they uh or affects it differently than how mine was affected. So mm-hmm. they announced that this show is gonna be done with limited commercial interruptions, which was a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh it was a complete lie. Uh, the Matt Riddle Adam Cole match had no interruptions. They they right. had the whole match. Uh, and wasn't that like that was it? Was that that was at least twenty minutes, right? Yeah. And then, so they had to make up for the commercials at some point. Yes. <laughs> and they did picture in picture commercials, which in theory might be a good idea because you can kind of still see the match going on. But there were so many of them on this show. Oh. And. It you takes you out of it. Yeah, the match is small. It's on a smaller screen. You can't hear anything. Uh, oh, yeah. So if there's momentum changes or anything inter- remotely interesting looks like it's happening, you, it it you know it dampens the, the pace or the feeling of the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Io Shirai and Mia Yim. Uh, Io gets a huge ovation. Mia in charge early on. Io cuts her off just before the first break. I note here first break is picture in picture where EO just worked her over. Uh, back from the break, uh, EO is still kicking her ass. I wrote, and then I write EO is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mia made a really good comeback. I write here. She kicked EO really hard a bunch of times. There was a lot of kicking in this match, but like yes. not annoyingly. So like a Dakota Kai match. Uh, EO hit a Hurricane Runner for a near fall. Mia hits a, a really good Code Blue for a near fall. Crowd is still hot for this match. Not as hot as the first match, but they're still really into the mm-hmm. show. Uh, Mia hits a suicide dive going into the second break. Still picture in picture I wrote here. In the break, EO cut off Mia when she went to the top rope. Uh, but Mia cuts EO off just before they come back. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's still, yeah, so I guess that would make sense if they fade out and fade back in. Mia would still be in charge when they yeah. when they come back in. Uh, EO hits Mia with a superplex, hits the moonsault for the win. Uh, 
honestly, I thought this was Mia's best match I've seen her have in NXT. I thought this was good. So I thought it was a good match too, but I do have a note in here that it was um, a slower paced match for me than mm-hmm. what um, I think is typical for EO. Yeah. Um, and not as many big moves. So my thought as I'm seeing that pacing was either um, this match is going to be very long. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all know how I feel about that. Or that Mia just can't hang with EO's pace. Yeah. Um, so either, I don't know, I don't know which it was. It, the match overall wasn't bad. No, but I thought like, it was pretty it was, good. It was definitely not a typical Io Shirai match. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still thought this was, like, Mia looked, I don't think I've seen she her did. look this good, but. Uh, in a while. Yeah, I thought she looked really good in this one. Uh, and what I did like about it, too, the kickouts by the ladies when, as they were going back and forth, they were very grand and dramatic. Like, they were uh-huh. very, like. Like get off me and like pushing people away. Like I enjoyed that. It seemed very um, theatrical, and mm-hmm. I, I was I was a fan. <laughs> uh, what did you give uh, Io and Mia? I gave it three and a quarter. Okay, so I'm not too far ahead of you. I gave it three and a half. Um, okay. And grapple with a three point one eight. So again, we're uh, okay, we like these close. a little bit more than than grapple, but we're in the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me see. What do we have next? The street pro. This was interesting. Street profits arrive with Bianca Belair out of the blue, by the way, and they acknowledge that Montez Ford and Bianca are married. I'm like, okay, well, that's weird. But they never like acknowledge wrestlers have personal lives. No, uh, well, I mean, it sometimes they'll be like, yes, this person is married, or they're a couple, or whatever. Uh, Every now and again that happens, but yeah, this was just random. Like, hey, there's Montez Ford and his wife, Bianca Belair, and we're like, okay, I guess that's part of the characters now. But I'm happy about it. Like, that's, um, that's, that's his life. Yeah, I think, and let's all bring it in. I think that fully slides Bianca into babyface territory. Yes. Uh, Tegan Knox personality profile video. Stupid. Uh, (laughs) Not a fan, huh? No, I don't know. Fa- I don't like these video. I don't like the videos. Uh, I think she has Nothing a pretty good story. Uh, okay. Johnny Gargano and Shane Thorne. Uh, this is the best Shane Thorne match I think I've seen. Absolutely. Uh, that's a, a a lot in part to Johnny Gargano is amazing, but uh, I write oh yeah, here, I have that written down as well. Uh, I write here fancy wrestling from John. Uh, he goes for the Gargano escape, but Thorne gets to the ropes quickly. Uh, and Thorne gets him a cheap shot and takes over, heading into the first break. Uh, coming back, Gargano makes a big comeback. Uh, Thorne hits a huge cannonball and a high-angle powerbomb for a near fall. Uh, but Johnny comes back, hits him with a poison Hurricane Rana, and the DIY super kick for the win. Uh, I think the shortest match so far, but I thought Shane yeah. Thorne looked really good here, and Gargano he looked really good as well. Always, yeah. Um, and the they, um, I like that they're having Johnny Gargano like do something else now, and it's not the same Adam Cole um, uh, rivalry. Mm-hmm. So um, find out, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how because how these guys now come up, yeah, um, to get back into those um, uh, belt contention. So yeah, yeah. Uh, what would you give uh, Gargano and Thorne? I give it three and a half. Okay. Hey, hey, we switched roles from the last match. I went three and a quarter. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, and then Grapple, of course, 3.02. Okay, fair enough. So. I have, a, I do have a weird side note on here. Oh, that sure. I Something I noticed during this, this match. Um, so whenever they show the replay of when someone kicks out, 
Mm-hmm. That's probably one of my fa- new favorite things because you watch the person's face who's getting pinned and they're clearly like very um, intent on calculating when they're going to make their move. Yes. Like if you watch, like, yeah, I enjoy it. Anyway, that's a weird little side note, but yeah. Shayna Baszler defending her NXT Women's Championship against Candice LeRae. Uh, like right away, Candice does a dive to take out Shayna and they go to a break. Uh, and then I wrote here, thanks to that first match, we we have been having so many breaks and matches. Uh, I, they happened so many times I took note of it. Uh, during the break, Shayna took control. Uh, mm-hmm. They did uh, a neat submission tease that... Um, oh, yeah, I note that they did like a, a neat like submission thingy that they were doing. I think maybe with... I think it was with uh, Candace, who was trying to get out of a hold or something. This was happening yeah. during the break. I said it looked so neat that they should have put it on the air uh, oh. instead of during the commercial break. Yep. Uh, Shana, they come back from the break. Shayna is destroying Candace's arm. Uh, Candace hits Shayna with a flatliner on the apron and three suicide dives in a row. Shayna does a, like a super gut wrench suplex off the top rope, heading into break number two. Uh, mm. they come back and Shayna puts Candace in the Kirifuda clutch, but Candace reverses it and puts Shayna in the clutch. But Shayna escapes, of course, being the master of the hold. Uh, yep. Shayna gets, uh, on the top rope with Candace. Candace hits her with Miss LeRae's wild ride for a two. <laughs> uh, Candace misses her moonsault and, uh, Shayna finally gets the clutch locked in. And Candace has to tap. The uh, tap out. I thought a really good match as well. I really liked it as well. And I will say this match led to my favorite line of the night by the announced team. Mm-hmm. Um, Baszler is the reason chiropractors are so busy. <laughs> is so, that a moral line? I'm sure that was a moral Of line. course it was. Like, <laughs> it's it's going to be like Moro's line of the night. Like that's, He had a couple. Just... He, he's had a lot of doozies in this one. Like he, <laughs> he, he did. He he had like this one that felt like it was five minutes of setup to make a reference about <laughs> it being the fall. Oh man, he's so funny! Like, but that, he's raking that, like, up one... leaves and something, and he's the fall guy or something. I was just like, oh my god, Morrow, let's re- rein it in. This one liner though just really resonated with me. I was like, okay, I oh, get yeah. you. Just keeping those um, chiropractors busy. So when you were talking about the suicide dives, though, did yeah. was it just me, or did it look like it was awkward the way Shayna was catching Candace? It was awkward. Yeah, cool. I kept I kept thinking that Shayna she was gonna go for because sometimes Candace will do this uh, suicide dive, but then catch her opponent in a DDT on the floor out of the dive. Oh. And I thought for sure she was gonna do one of those, and maybe they were gonna do one of them on the second or third one, and Shayna was just out of place and it didn't work. Maybe that's why yeah. it looked awkward, but maybe. But I don't. I just think that there's not enough space. Yeah, I think like we're already seeing that. Like she still plowed into her pretty good a couple those she d- on all those dives. So oh, for sure. But I think if you're gonna do something like like those big, like you need to be where the the, the ramp, ramp is. Yeah, like it just seemed like not the correct spot for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know to me anyway. Um, and then I have something about um, did Shayna fall off the ropes at one point? Uh, she may have, I think. Yeah, yeah there's just some awkwardness in this match, but overall I did like it. Yeah. I oh, and what I like, good. and what I like about both of these women so much is that they stay so in character during wrestling. 
mm-hmm. while like while they're wrestling. Like it's not easy to do, I can imagine. But no, they keep their intensity um, pretty good. They do, and I respect them both wholeheartedly for that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Candace's Candace's uh, tagline is she's one tough cookie. So, uh, and she cool. is she is tough. Uh, and this was a pretty good match. Uh, what would you give it? I gave it three and a quarter. Okay, we switch around again. I gave it three and a half. All right, all right. Uh, and Grapple, 3.49. Wow! So they almost gave it the three and a half as well. I am impressed. Yeah, we finally got close to them for one, or like really close, I should say. Yeah. I f- to be fair, I think this was the like the beginning of my second viewing of the episode, so mm-hmm. like d- a different day, different time, so. They do an Imperium hype video. They announce Walter mm-hmm. and Kushida next week. It didn't say it was for the title. So, interesting. Mm. Uh, then we That's get cr- uh, Pete Dunn and Danny Birch. Uh, this was weird, but fun. Yeah. They do a wrestling standoff to begin. Uh, they head to a break after a really hard shot from Pete Dunn. Uh, Danny Birch takes control during the break. Uh, when they come back, it appears that he has like a cut, Danny Birch does, under his right eye. Uh, Dunn smashes him. Birch smashes back. Uh, he gets a hanging DDT for a two. Dunn snaps his fingers, hits the bitter end for the win. This was, I think, the shortest match on the show. But yeah. uh, these guys pummeled each other. It was pretty good. But I, I think yes. for me, this was the worst thing on the show. But not to say it was it's, bad. Right. No, th- this was a quicker match. And it's almost like they're... Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned this last week or if I mentioned this to someone else. Um, and I'm just repeating myself. But um, it seems like they're not doing like traditional squash matches anymore now no. it's like you get like a a mid-level guy and it's just fast yeah um but i like it i i thought that these two had a good back and forth um mm-hmm. it was it was quick but it seemed like these guys might know each other's style pretty well so oh, yeah i'm sure they wrestled in england uh, a time or two yeah so i did enjoy it and i always love danny birch he's just like yeah moro dropped his uh his his tagline that you love so much a pint in a fight. Yes, yeah. it's a perfect night. <laughs> uh, what did Get you it. give? Uh, what did you give Pete and Danny? Uh, I gave them a three. Okay, so I went a little lower. Went two and three quarters. Uh, okay. And Grapple gave it a three point oh three. So okay. I was a, a little lower than them uh, on this one. I think it was just because of partially it was because it was shorter, but also uh, I was just sick of all the breaks. There's so many That's of them. Fair. It felt like That's they would fair. just come back from one and go to another one. Uh, post-match, <laughs> Damien Priest attacks Pete Dunne and lays him out. So, Jacqueline, we will get to see if Pete Dunne can elevate da- the Damien Priest character. No. that is a feud. Uh, my my note was, no one likes you, Damien Priest. <laughs> uh, Kathy Kelly is backstage with Adam Cole. Uh, he notes that he won fair and square. He didn't win with a cast. He won with the last shot very important to distinguish that the cast was not the last thing he did that's uh, fair he's he is a bit of a cheater the rest of undisputed era shows up uh and they're all freaked out about finn balor and cole says he's not focused on balor he's focused on maintaining the prophecy keeping it together says they need to focus on the street profits i but, cannot wait for adam cole to lose the title uh, that led us to the main event, Undisputed Era, defending against the Street Profits for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Street Profits came out to the ring with Wale to hype the crowd up, which uh, he did. The crowd seemed fairly yep. hyped. 
Uh, I thought this started out pretty basic with Undisputed Era trying to not engage with the fired up good guys. Yeah. And it felt like nothing happened in this match and then they went to a break. And I almost wanted to cry at this point. Yeah, this match, I did not... I Oh, God. What was Kyle O'Reilly doing? Like, he was, like, twisting around... I'm not sure. Their bodies, like, it was very bizarre. I'm like, what am I watching? Uh, during the break, the two teams trade control. When we come back, the era uh, is back in control. Uh, Montez Ford attempting to do a comeback, and the crowd has finally tired down a little bit. Uh, yeah, they weren't yeah. noticeably getting out of this. He can't make the tag, and we get a second break. And we're back, and Undisputed Era is still in charge. They beat on Montez Ford forever. I wrote here in my notes, after 100 years, Montez Ford gets the hot tag to Dawkins. I wrote, I just wrote Ford taking a beating. He, he took a beating yeah. for a long time. Uh, it was a very long time. Uh, Montez uh, hits a frog splash for a two. Then he does this crazy dive to the outside, this huge dive over the, over the turnbuckles and the post. Yep. He cleared it by a mile, and his foot still hit the guard railing, so I hope his ankle is okay. <laughs> He's impressive with his flying yeah. stuff. Unbelievable, like, height and distance. Um, it looks like it looks like the Profits are going to win when Roderick Strong interferes, and the and O'Reilly and Fish hit the high-low, and they win uh, the match, retain the titles. What did you think of I, the main event? Um... So I, I'm gonna say I don't I don't know if I like the undisputed error era mm-hmm. on um or error, whatever, however you're feeling. Um <laughs> I don't like their offense. I think they're so much better on like a on the defensive mm-hmm. that when they have control of the match, I just I don't care. Like yeah. I don't I don't find them engaging, I don't find them entertaining. Well, I think they're trying to like bore you so you'll get really excited that the good guy will tag in his friend and the other good guy will go crazy and you'll be all excited usually sometimes that works but they took way too long to get that they took way too long yes i was i also yeah it was it was too much of this um also the roderick strong interference i don't know i just was like come on it almost seemed um like an afterthought Mm mm-hmm to me, and I, I just, I don't know, this match didn't land with me. Um, I I mean, these guys have obviously um, been in the ring together before, and this was not their strongest showing to me. Okay, so uh, what would you give the main event? Yeah, I give it two and three quarters. Okay, so I'm pretty close to you. Like, th- by the end, they won me back a little bit, and I gave them a three. Um, That's fair. By the way, Grapple, way more bullish on this match than we were. 3.66. Damn, almost a, almost a four. I disagree, but I do too. And then I'm looking at this one guy who gave it two and a half, and I'm like, well, that might be a little low. No, I get that. I think your I think your two and three quarters is like the the basement. I think for this match, I think it fits mm. neatly in between two and three quarters and three and a quarter to me. But um, overall, I'd say a good show after the match. Uh, Undisputed Era celebrating in the ring. Adam Cole comes out on the ramp to celebrate with them. When music plays Jacqueline, he is interrupted again. But this time, it is by Tommaso Ciampa who comes out. And Ciampa comes out, and he is staring the whole time at Goldie. Goldie. 
It was awesome. I am so on board with this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, oh, my God. They're totally going to have a three-way or, like, a three-way match. Oh, my God. You think so? Like, they'll do Adam Cole, Ciampa, and, and Balor in a triple threat? That'd be awesome. That would be a really good match. Sorry, it's not a three-way, is it? <laughs> but, yeah, three-way, triple threat, like, people... Whatever. People say three-way, yeah. It also sounds slightly <laughs> suggestive as well, but it does. It is it is a wrestling parlance word. People do say three ways and four ways and stuff instead of saying yeah triple threats and whatever else. Um, so I re- I really yeah I think that would be a fun fun matchup. So a good show, a really good show. Overall, yes. Um, so let's talk about now who wins, who won this week. Uh, oh no! I wasn't ready for this one. Yeah. So, uh, the f- well, do you want to do what I think or what the what the rest of the oh, world yeah. thought? Uh, let's go with what the rest of the world thought first. Okay. So, uh, these are actually really interesting numbers. So, NXT did eight hundred and ninety-one thousand viewers, which is in fact that still seems pretty low. That is in fact down. Uh, they premiered the first week live. They did one point one million. And okay. the second week, they dropped down to 1 million. Um, so they did lose viewers here. But AEW's premiere episode did 1.409 million. So about 1,400,000. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is a huge number. According to a news article I saw, it was the highest rated premiere on TNT in five years. So I'm sure they're over the moon with the wow. with that debut number. Um now, the thing that I find really interesting is that just last week, NXT did 1 million. And they did almost 900,000 here. That tells okay. me that AEW did not shave that much of NXT's audience mm-hmm. off. And that this is mostly new audience, which is really good news if they can yeah. build on it. That means there's a larger group of people out there who want uh, pro wrestling and alternatives to main roster WWE stuff. I think that's a big if, though, if they can keep it going. Right? Yeah, I don't think they're going to do one point. I mean, I would be stunned if they did the same number uh, this mm-hmm. week or higher. I expect it to drop down a little bit, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Because uh, the first week is the curiosity, like, of what's right, the, what, exactly. is, what is this thing? What's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like? Uh, yeah. And if you want the full experience of that, you can go listen to the Elitist podcast, where... Uh, me and Nick Montez talked about the first week of uh, AEW on TNT. Um, we kind of run down everything there. Uh, cool. As for my personal thoughts, who I thought won the week having watched both shows, uh, mm-hmm. it was NXT by a nose. Uh, Interesting. AEW was a good show, uh, but NXT kind of blew them away in terms of uh, match quality. There, there were good matches on the AEW show, but nothing touched uh, the the Matt Riddle Adam Cole match. Like nothing came close, right. and uh, nothing also really came all that close to the the Shayna Candice match. Although uh, a couple matches, I think maybe came close uh, or maybe tied with them. But yeah, I thought Not... I thought NXT blew them away. Uh, the real question is if the numbers keep slipping for NXT. Uh, I feel like they're going to move them out of full sale quick 
especially no. because the if you switched back and forth between the shows, oh, I'm sure it was a stark difference. AEW was in this beautiful, big lit arena full of people. Uh, it looked like it didn't look like Raw or SmackDown. Like the the building size and the crowd size looked like a well attended Raw or SmackDown. Like the actual production and look of the show felt completely different from WWE, but. Um, That's good, though. It had a big, it had a big show feeling to it, uh, and you know, I think for some people, like for me, it doesn't matter. Like I've been watching NXT in full sale forever; not a big yeah. deal to me. The full sale crowd, I sort of like the the intimate setting a little bit, but for a lot of people, perception is a big factor. And if you watch one show where there's 400 people in a small building, and you watch another show where there's 14,000 people in a building. You're going to think that the other show is Major League, and you don't want to watch the show that nobody's going to. You want to watch the show that all the people are going to. Well, but that's not, but NXT wasn't meant to be that. And no, that's it wasn't. Just, <laughs> which is just why know. I hope it doesn't become that. Mm. Now, so. I would just like to quickly rip on WWE for a second. Fair uh, enough. They put out a uh, they put out a press release. This was super weird before the ratings oh, came no. out. They put out a press release, which seems like, number one, it seems like they knew what the ratings results were ahead of time based on the wording of the the press release. Probably. Uh, but on first, glance, on first glance, you'd be like, oh, how sweet. Because they were like, hey, congratulations to AEW on their premiere episode on TNT. And they went on to say, like, you know, the fans are the real winners. And the last line of the sentence, or the last line of the press release was to make sure to remember that this is a marathon and not a one night sprint, which immediately tells you that they knew what the ratings were and that they lost. Uh, and like, hey, just remember, it's just one week. Now, the thing that upset me when I read it was they're sitting here saying, remember, it's not a sprint. But this episode that they put up against AEW was yeah. sprint. Uh, they, they start, they rushed NXT live two weeks ahead of time to try to get a head start on them. Uh, mm -hmm. even though, even though the schedule was all screwy and they had to split their hours between USA and their own network. Uh, and ultimately it may have actually hurt NXT a little bit, uh, having those two weeks because their number did drop like every week. Yeah. Um, but then they did the commercial free and then they also opened the show with their hottest possible match and they had an overrun. So the show, instead of going from eight to 10 went from eight to 10, 15, which would run past AEW and uh. an attempt to scoop more view. They, they tried like hell to sprint here to try. They pulled out every trick in the playbook to try to, you know, take viewers away from them. So it feels very disingenuous when they're like, Hey, you know, it's not a marathon, it's a sprint. Like, you guys sprinted really hard in that first yeah. week. And, and that's probably the only reason they did put that in there. Yeah. Was because, yeah. And it's also the reason why NXT had the better show, I thought. Because uh, mm -hmm. AEW did not sprint. They have a pay-per-view they're building to in November, and they ran their first show. They didn't do anything uh, crazy or like, you know, here's some mega surprises or all the titles are on the line. They crowned their first women's champion. And you know, like that was the big historic factor on the show. And at the end of the show, they formed uh, like John Moxley returned and they formed 
there was a stable that was formed, like a bad guy group that was formed. Uh, but that was about it. Like they didn't go crazy putting everything they could think of onto the show. So yeah, they didn't sprint and WWE did. So it feels kind of disingenuous when they're like, Hey, well, and they're like, who's in charge. And they did the, Hey, you know, who really wins the fans, (laughs) which, you know, is true from a fan perspective. I thought it was, uh, two really good shows. Um, but ultimately they're the ones who started, the fight between yeah. these two companies, they decided to move their show onto network TV to compete with them. So someone is going to win and someone is going to lose every week. And this week it was NXT that didn't win. So good Lord, which is a shame well, because it was a good show. I think more people should go watch it. But as we've talked about, the show was up like the next day or the day after that, like people go watch. Yeah. People used to well, watching NXT on the network. Yeah. And it just makes more sense, especially with the commercials. So, mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm sure the experience was actually much... You'd probably lose your mind if you watched the show with all those commercials. I would. I would stop watching. I thought I was losing it. <laughs> I'm like, didn't we just have one of these? Uh, yeah. But we survived. Um, they. Uh, we have our two matches announced for next week. Um, I don't know which of them is going to main event, so I'm just going to... I'm just going to hazard a guess. Uh, oh. Before we do that, uh, let's thank the good people over at Think Geek for sponsoring the show. Cinemageekly.com slash ThinkGeek. Uh, head on over there to pick yourself up some geeky collectibles and attire. That's at Cinemageekly.com slash ThinkGeek. Or click the Support Us link in the show notes for this episode. And of course, you can uh, while you're at Cinemageekly.com, you can check out the archives of the show. And find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for What Comes NXT and subscribe. And that way... You can hear us come back for round two, the second battle in the Great War of Wednesdays. Uh, when it's uh, NXT episode 520, whatever it is. I think featuring maybe. I'm going to go ahead and put. Ooh, what should we put? I'm going to put Kushida and Walter in the yeah. main event. Okay, okay so I featuring agree. Kushida versus Walter in the Battle of the Men. <laughs> with capital letters in their names. All of the all of the letters are capitalized. Oh, no, I will survive.